Welcome to episode 89 of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw, and with me today, my co-host, Matthew Aguilar. What up? And joining us back on the couch, once again, the queen of anime herself, Miss Megan Peters is here. Hello. I meant to do like a full wave right there, but I just really creepily waved at the camera. (laughs) So like, if you're watching the video of this, I'm sorry. (laughs) Most of this podcast is creepy. Don't worry. Nobody will notice. Oh, that was amazing. Nobody will ever notice. Uh, Me and Matt add enough creep for everybody. But uh, today we're going to do less creep and uh, some more suave spy stuff because we are here to talk about the first trailer for James Bond 25, No Time to Die. We're also going to be talking about the trailer for uh, Disney's live-action remake of Mulan. We also have some uh, film stuff to address. The Snyder Cut, people. (laughs) It does exist. And so we are going to talk about that. And... We have some X-Men books we got to talk about from Marvel, and if we, time permitting, a few other things we need to kind of get in and recap and review. So uh, let's see how this all goes. Yeah, yeah. Let's Jump do it. right in. So it's been kind of a spy-filled week. Uh, we are still kind of in the glow of Marvel launching its first trailer for Black Widow, which kind of went over, and uh, I haven't heard too many criticisms of that. Mm-hmm. People kind of tend to generally, or if not you know universally love that trailer unless you um, follow jordan v- roberts Twitter. <laughs> who's that and uh from uh, uh king kong yeah that director Call, did you see that whole thing? no he compared yeah. Black oh. Widow to metal gear solid oh yeah he was saying he was ripping off. off the boss and yeah whatever i just have so many yeah anyways I mean, it could be true but it was true if, if it was true it was in the comics <laughs> yeah uh, it could be true in the comics like yeah i mean whatever nobody's ripping <laughs> off death stranding or anything right now so like the only way i could rip off is if kong literally appears in Black Widow. Or yeah. like something, but that's a different yeah. franchise. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that kind of missed me with all that noise. But people have been generally loving Black Widow. But um, so to kind of follow that up, we got a return of the original kind of uh, spy man himself, Daniel Craig, as James Bond in the trailer for No Time to Die, which paints a kind of interesting picture. But at the same time, it's kind of like the premise we've seen in James in these Daniel Craig, James Bond movies before. Like, wasn't this the whole premise Is of it? Spectre? Like, wasn't it Inspector that he was, like, injured in a mission, he retired, then he came back, and, <laughs> like... I don't remember it being this this pronounced. Like, this whole movie seems to be, It like, wasn't official. They yeah. thought he was dead, and only M knew he was alive. Yeah, so it was kind of different, but and, I like, see your yeah. parallels, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. but it's still the same thing. Like, Bond's done. Yeah. But he's not done. It's but this like, one seems, like, like really, yeah. like... This one really seems to put an emphasis on he's been away. Yeah, no. He was on the been, beach. He had a retirement Yeah, he's, home. Like, <laughs> he's like really retired. The 007 program in MI6 uh, or MI5 or whatever he works for, like, has moved on without mm-hmm. him. There's a new 007 mm-hmm. who is uh, Captain Marvel star, Lashana Lynch. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, she, yeah, she looks yeah, awesome she looks in that. So and so, like, she has a lot of badass scenes in this trailer mm-hmm. of why she rightfully is the new 007. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, she kind of holds her own against... Daniel Craig in a scene where she's like, you know, if you get in my way, I'll put a bullet in your knee, which is like, <laughs> and the other one, <laughs> you're yeah. working the one. one yeah. Oh yeah, that, like what a good, like what a good one. threat, but then also insult to come yeah. in and just ruin <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah, I mean, she nails the kind of James Bondish kind of badass, but kind of sly wit, and like, mm-hmm. yeah, that whole thing was really great. Um, so she looks like she's going to be a highlight of this movie. The other highlight, I think, is. Anna de Armas, who's having like a killer yeah. year, yeah. like breakout from Knives Out, and now this, uh, she plays a character who named Paloma, who looks like a femme fatale type deal. Yeah, uh, she's doing some pretty impressive acrobatics in a dress and lighting up place with bullets and whatnot. 
And so uh, basically we get the four, the kind of, this is a rare James Bond in the sense that the Daniel Craig ones have been more serialized, mm -hmm. but this is like really like just a companion piece to Spectre in the sense that uh, Christoph Waltz's Blofeld is at the center of this. Uh, he's being like transferred and there's a whole thing with that. That kind of brings out uh, the female love interest from Spectre, mm -hmm. uh, the daughter of uh, whatever. I forget who she is. It's been so long. Leia Sadu or whatever her name is. Yeah. I forget mm -hmm. who she's playing. She's just like somebody's daughter or something. I don't remember either. But she's yeah. Vesper Lynn's daughter. I forget how it all works. I'm so sorry. She comes back. Um, she has some horrible secret that's Phantom of the Mo Opera masks are everywhere. <laughs> uh, yes. And that's all just to bring me to the real highlight of this trailer, which is the villain, the Bond villain we get this time, who is uh, Mr. Robot star Remy Malik. Mm. Uh, I immediately thought of you when he popped up on screen. I was like, oh, yeah. Gonna oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I do. This. No, it looks so good. Yeah, I love Mr. Robot. And... I think Remy Malik is a really great actor, even if people like hate on him for the uh, for the Freddie Mercury. Uh, I always, oh man, so bad. Oh always yeah, Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, yeah. I always, I already forgot that movie's name. That's how bad <laughs> I want to move on from that. Um, I didn't know people ripped on him for that. They ripped on the the people who kept cutting the film angles every ten seconds. Oh yeah, yeah. No, Bohemian Rhapsody <laughs> caught a lot of crap. Um, yeah, especially when it got that Oscar in the Golden Globe. Like, yeah, yeah people have been ripping on it. Um, but people just thought like, since he didn't sing or do all the, he yeah. sang, but didn't, they didn't use those votes, all that stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Remy Malik's a great actor. If you haven't been watching Mr. Robot. So I'm really interested to see what he does with this kind of creepy Phantom of the Opera Bond villain role. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, they're doing again, like the big reveals, which always make me kind of nervous. I, I'd rather not have reveals and just kind of have a basic spy story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we don't have to hinge all this on, but We'll see, like, what this all it kind of sums up to. Um, but what is interesting is this Bond trailer kind of sets up the idea from the title to, like, to premise to just what we see that this could be, like, either the end or nearing the end of not just Daniel Craig's James Bond, but, like, the whole James Bond character. Do you think we'll make that kind of jump? We've been talking about recasting Bond for years in the tradition mm -hmm. of, you know, continuing Bond, but... There's a lot of subtext to what these Daniel Craig films have been doing in examining, like, is Bond still even, like, a relevant character? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is he outdated with yeah. his, you know, crazy womanizing and, like, <laughs> yeah. spy and violence and all this stuff? It, is that still, like, a viable character? And there's a lot of suggestion in this movie that, like, yeah, the world has moved on. Mm -hmm. um, there's now... Obviously, there's a heavier female presence in the franchise now, mm -hmm. um, and this could be a considerable stopping point for this character who's had, you know, a 25 film run's not too shabby. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I could see something like all of these recastings. I could see something where James Bond might stop, but mm -hmm. 007 doesn't necessarily yeah. stop. Yeah. Yeah. And you get kind of a new start of a new franchise, which... I mean, it's going to be its own controversial thing, but it's not too horrible at this point, in my opinion. I don't think they'll do it. I, I like I think they're the James Bond, like the actual James Bond character and everything is too much of a lucrative thing for that studio to like let that just sit and like. I, I want to see a 007 franchise with Lashana Lynch. Like even from the trailer, I'm like, I would watch a whole movie of her. Like she's mm -hmm. awesome. I, I love the interplay between them. Uh, I just think at some point in the near future, they're going to recast the James Bond role yeah. 
find some way to jerry rig it to where there's a that franchise and then possibly like a 007 franchise yeah. like you said yeah. of Lynch. i just like this trailer because i think this is the most likable uh daniel craig's bond has been since casino royale so i have to make this point because it's kind of like i don't, I don't think i've ever really talked about i've never seen a bond movie like ever I've, what i have never really i've never seen what is this place i work for I've, half of you have never well, seen james bond half of you have never read harry potter like all right well hey i've I know you've read Harry Potter. I know. So (laughs) I will say this. So growing up, James Bond always really squicked me out because I think the one time I ever saw it was like a weird like love scene. And I was like six and I was really creeped out. Now I'm older. And like, as you were saying about like whether or not it'd be time to retire this character is like, is it likable? Is it fresh? I mean, there's a new, completely new generation that's coming up and might not have the same emotional attachment to James Bond. Like my boyfriend Elijah has seen every movie and he's watching them all right now in preparation. But seeing this trailer, like this is the first James Bond movie I'm actually interested in seeing, which I think is interesting. And it's also going to make zero sense to me. So now I'd have to like at least go watch a couple. Well, I mean, the thing is not bond is not like a thing you have to yeah, keep there, up with. I mean, Blofeld's a bad guy. He's a mastermind. That's all you got to know. There's a lot of stuff. And James Bond's uh, yeah. with, uh, uh, I looked up who her name is. Um, Dr. Madeline Swan mm-hmm. is uh Leia Sadu's character. Yeah. And she's the daughter of Mr. White, who was the, Kind of conspiracy, the guy at the center yeah. of conspiracy from the beginning of James Bond's yeah. whole thing. So like stuff like that, yeah. yes, but yeah. there's not a ton of that. Like, like in or the trailer, Daniel Craig's whole thing. I'm sorry. Yeah, like in the trailer where it was like introducing those characters, I was like, what's happening? But as soon, I will just say this: as soon as I saw Lashana Lynch's 007, I was immediately like, all right, I really want to see this. Yeah. So I'm curious to see how many people there are like me who has seen this trailer who's like I'm interested in this kind of like fresh take on it again I'm all for like a female bond I'm all for um, another male bond or whatever bond that is there that is interesting and relevant you just Elba yes you just Elba's done with this don't even bring it he, know, yeah, he does not so want well. to be just Elba did not throw his hat in this I ring know, but I just and he's want, tired of all the crap yes he is it. but I will just say it does look very interesting to me I don't feel like Again, they'll completely retire Bond. Just knowing, like, no, I think, creativity yeah, of it. I, I think the title had... is more just letting you know that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he might be old, but guy man's got no time to die. Yeah, if they want to do, like, a Lashana Lynch spinoff, I would just yeah. do that. I yeah. would be there every just, day. <laughs> I also just like how, how this trailer leans into the the bondness of it all. Like, that's one thing that Craig's Bond has always kind of had at arm's length a lot like yak hughes in it and like some of those things but like it's always kind of held it right here and in this trailer i mean geez at the end right you get yeah uh, him coming out like replicating the logo and you get (laughs) the perfect pause of that james bond line right that's done just like everyone's sean connery impression like they lean into it a lot yeah um but this is done by uh carrie fukunaga who is uh the guy who did true detective Mm -hmm. uh the good one season one um, and just like that show, he, it seems like he, he has a good strength of playing in genre, but also kind of commenting and, and twisting it and kind of being above it and kind of commenting on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that James Bond scene is kind of like an epitome of what he does well, which is mm-hmm. fitting in the iconic Bond, James Bond line, but giving it a twist, mm-hmm. uh, that's funny, which is like, yeah, he's been forgotten. And yeah, kind no of one thing. remembers that. And he's, he's like, just like Bond, and the guy's like, like who? Like, and he's like, 
annoyed like James Bond <laughs> and like that's it which is a funny spin on to fit the uh, you know like I said it at once fits the iconic line in there but does it in yeah. a funny way that's kind of new and refreshing and commentary on the absurdity of the, yeah. of the yeah. line and kind of making light of it um, and there's a lot in this premise which is why I forgive it for being kind of like the whole Spectre thing like ah I'm done nah I'm not done I'm back yeah. in like mm-hmm. I mean that's something that's let's be honest has been done multiple times in James Bond oh, so yeah. like mm. this way is kind of funny because it is commentary and metaphor about how the industry and, and sensibilities have like as Megan said moved on with like a new generation and yeah. him trying to step back in as like this old lion coming back again and kind of getting made fun of along the way yeah. is is something refreshing um, and it also leaves opportunity for the for the for the film to actually revitalize Bond instead of retiring him to revitalize him and say no 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 you know there's still room in this time for for James Bond yeah. and, and yeah. here is why and yeah. make its case so um, I'm not hating on it I, I like that we are getting some more kind of modern sensibilities about it mm-hmm. because some of the stuff in like Skyfall especially like was like really creepy I remember just talking about that like him like there's a character they introduced a femme fatale who was like a sex worker who had been sold in sex slavery and James Bond's whole like method of meeting her is to jump in the shower with her in the shower like I'm sure that would have triggered no bad memories in a sex worker like you know Mm -hmm. and then two scenes later he lets her just get shot in the head and because he's gotten what he needs from her and yeah she gets killed because of helping him, and he's just like, oh, ooh, ooh that's messy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was kind of like, yeah, and that struck a wrong chord in a lot of people when, when Skyfall came out. That was just like, yeah, this is getting kind of old. Like, old rapey Bond is not, like, fun yeah. anymore. So mm-hmm. it's good to see this kind of spin around. I don't think we should just always do things for political correctness. Please don't send me emails. I, I'm glad that they're acknowledging that this is a different yeah. world, but they're not counting Bond out of it. So it's kind of... Uh, happy middle ground and i think yeah this looks like the most exciting bond that i've wanted to see since casino royale probably yeah. so that's one of my favorite bond movies yeah. and this yeah i agree wholeheartedly this is the most excited i've been yeah so carrie fukunaga don't so let I'm us down watch man one to like prep me casino royale. i would watch i would watch just if you're going to prep for this i would just i honestly there's three films i would watch i would watch Casino Royale just to get reintroduced because there's potentially things in here that could link back to that whole story of him and Vesper Lynn and all yeah. that stuff mm-hmm. um, and Mr. White and that whole conspiracy about Spectre begins there. Um, I would skip Quantum, Sol- Quantum yeah, of Solace. I would, ro- <laughs> I would watch Skyfall and I would watch Speed Through or Scene Hop Through Spectre just to get the, the whole uh, what is Spectre, mm-hmm. how does Blofeld f- like fit into this. And all of that stuff, uh, Christoph Waltz's character, and because this whole secret organization is is looks like it's going to be at play with these maps. Honestly, and you stuff could just say. wiki spectrum. Yeah, <laughs> so. I'm really good at wiki things. So, all right, so uh, let's move right along, and uh, going from James Bond, let's talk about Disney's Mulan. Um, this is a good one because uh, Matt or Matt is our queen of anime. <laughs> <laughs> Megan's yeah. our queen of anime. I did, <laughs> ask, I did ask Matt to write an anime article. Uh, Megan is our queen of anime. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm sorry. We're not trying to do that to you here, man. Uh, Matt is our... Uh, I'm do it again. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Try it again. Uh, Megan is our queen of anime, so I'm sure she has a lot of feelings about this. Matt is one of our Disney experts, so I know you have a lot of feelings about this. Um, I watched the trailer, and it looks like a good kind of 
Chinese epic. Um, this is an old Chinese folk tale, like folklore tale about Mulan, and based on something real, if I remember correctly, but has grown to be a story of legend, of course. Yeah. One of the most popular. Uh, and it looks fittingly like epic, like that beautiful, lavish set design, all that stuff you'd expect from Disney mm-hmm. and from these live action ones. You know, there's either the talking animals or or things that come to life or the more realistic ones like yeah. this mm-hmm. and arguably somewhere in the middle, like Aladdin with creating these cultures and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so that looks good. And, the, and it looked powerful with the story of her taking up the sword for her family. It looks all good. I don't know how it's going to get. It looks like it could get murky in the middle somewhere there when they're doing the whole thing um, of her in the army and the training. But uh, I think I like Mulan. It seems like Mulan. It's a story that's been told multiple times on screen. Mm -hmm. Um, So it looked okay to me. I think this would fall probably somewhere in the middle Mm. of these Disney live action remakes just because it's not like stunningly remarkable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Something like the Jungle Book was when it was a surprise or of course the phenomenon of the Lion King. Um, But still looks better than like a Dumbo. Like, <laughs> you know. Oh, poor Dumbo. <laughs> oh, too soon. Uh, but that's just me. You guys, like I say, I, I defer to your expertise on this. Um, Well, I, I actually think that me and Megan are in agreement. Uh, mm-hmm. And we seem to be, as you said, we seem to be in the minority. We both don't yeah. love this. Wow, what? That, uh, yeah, grenades, you never know. We're, we're like, just going to have to call it landmine from now on. Because <laughs> I never know when they're going to get stepped on. Um, no, I, I mean, for me, I mean, I'll, you know, Megan's got a lot of thoughts too. I mean, just just for me, um, I love the, the combat parts. Like those mm-hmm. scenes, I think, look really good just from a visual perspective. I think that mm-hmm. looks uh, really authentic and, and I like uh, there, there's one scene, it's, and they use it to close out the trailer, where like mm-hmm. Mulan is like actually like facing down, and the hair is flowing down. I guess that's post, you know, mm-hmm. that reveal, big reveal scene. That all looks really cool, and there's even a little bit of like uh, a little bit of like that Disney magic, like kind of midway through. Mm-hmm. Um, the stuff with the father is mm-hmm. really powerful, I think, where you see yeah. his arm shaking and 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 they get that whole thing across when he's like pulls up the brace and he's like, I'm going to do this. And he clearly yes. cannot. But mm-hmm. but yeah. there's a father's love there and, and all that. I that's that's powerful to me. Yeah, I like to have thing that they really make effective in this first trailers kind of really quickly spelling out a story that he went to one war. Yeah, he miraculously made it back. Now he's a household of all girls, which is its own subtext in the story. Yeah. Um, but he's cool with it. He doesn't want to have, he's not hooked into this whole honor system of going back out in war and yeah. all that stuff. Like he'd be cool just chilling at home with his wife and daughters, but he yeah. has this obligation that comes up. Like, um, yeah. So like that stuff, cause I, I'm starting with positive first. Like that stuff is what I liked about the trailer. Mm-hmm. Like you said though, there's kind of murky, uh, thing of like, we, we start at point A and then point B and then there's all this middle ground. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's there from in this trailer is unremarkable. <laughs> like, like I, yeah, I, I don't remember most of it. Yeah, it's very forgettable. There's and if you're going to do a Disney and like we I remember me, you and Charlie, I think, talked about this with Aladdin when we were getting into that debate about like, you know, grounding something and like, why are you doing these things? And you do these things to bring that magic from the animated movie to life for a new generation and and you and for the old fans as well. And if you're going to do it, it's a it's a Disney movie. So do the music, go for the songs. Like there are so many memorable parts of Mulan and there Mulan is one of the biggest movies that has like memorable songs. Yeah. There is only one song in this trailer and it's Reflection, but no one sings it. 
it's just the redone theme that's happening in the background. Mm -hmm. That's a part of what why it feels a little lifeless. Yeah. And then, yes, I understand why they didn't include Mushu. I understand <laughs> why they didn't include these things. However, mm -hmm. that doesn't mean you just leave it all out and don't like find a substitute. Like you have to have some that that's part of that Disney charm and it's missing all that so while yeah. aladdin had raja and genie and yes they they changed them obviously in the sultan they changed because yes things change but you have to find a substitute and work some other things in, and this doesn't have that it just feels boring and yeah. kind of lifeless because of it at least yeah. for me yeah this is like the most like unfantastical like i don't even yeah. think that's a word i think if it had it just felt like a historical war yeah, yeah. Like, i mean i i watched this and it kind of without like the whole mythology behind it felt like I was watching like Gilgamesh or something like something that was more of a like historical epic and I don't mind that and I understand that what they're trying to do with this version of Mulan at least from all the interviews that we have taken in about the production and what they've put into this film is like they wanted it to be different it's a little bit more of like the ballad of Mulan it's not as fantastical as the Disney one um, but what Disney has done as a precedent with their previous live action films is they've set up this expectation of having that magic like Matt said and maybe it'll pull a complete 180 on us and it'll be there but like the beginning when she's putting on the makeup such a powerful scene everything in the village I don't remember what happened for the next minute and then at the end when we kind of have like the reflection um, score in the background with Mulan actually kind of getting into that like power of her own like that was a great part of the trailer and I understand not wanting to give too much away but they didn't give anything yeah they didn't give any like I I have absolutely no interest in seeing this right now based on what's in the center parts Mulan is like my third favorite Disney movie after Beauty and the Beast and Hercules so like I have a very strong attachment yeah. so I can deal without the music and I can deal without Mushu honestly my lord uh, but <laughs> but I just feel like there's something that's that inherent spark of like Disney creativity that's missing yeah. it's just not there for me right now um, production values will be great the sets obviously are going to be amazing like yeah. it's going to be a gorgeous film to watch but I just don't know if it's going to have that same feeling and i know it won't let that like any of these live action feelings or adaptations have but i'm just i'm more concerned about this one than i was about any of the other ones yeah and i and i hold out look i'll hold out judgment I yeah go see it and maybe it'll pull a lion king because i i didn't see that life in the lion king trailers until like the very very last trailer you didn't see and, the whole circle then, of life <laughs> wow <laughs> nicely done wow uh, but you know and then that movie surprised surprised me a lot and and it had a lot of charm and it had a lot of so mm -hmm. maybe this will pull that too but yeah so far not seeing it and personally just on a very personal level as as this was like my top three movie as a child growing up i had the biggest crush on shang <laughs> And Shang is not like, I know we've known this. He's not in the movie. There yeah. is a general, so there is a character that takes the place of Shang. But just the fact that he's not named Shang and he is not Shang. It's, it's just, just one of those weird things. Really making like, me upset. Why did I just needed to show that. Like, it's such a weird I don't know. Based thing. on everything I've seen on South Park lately, China could be calling the shots on this. <laughs> so who knows? Like, they might have been yeah. like, get off the funny dragon animals. Well, get, I get that all out of here. I understand yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Don't mess up our culture. Absolutely. You want this market to play? 
You want us to play in this market? Yeah. Don't mess up our. And right now, forecasts are kind of like we don't know if Mulan's going to do as well in China as we're thinking. And I'm that like, I'm be, very confused. That'd be hilarious, but uh, that would be that would be, bad. That, would be <laughs> that would be a whole series of yeah. headlines. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see. These Disney live action things are nail biters, man. Whew. All right, but moving right along, back to the DCEU. We have not escaped this conversation yet. Nope. The Snyder Cut. Dun, dun, dun. We need At a least jingle. the Snyder Cut. We do need I a learned something today. I learned that the Snyder Cut, I mean, this is, you think American politics is divisive? Like, man, get into, like, yeah. geek fandoms. This is nuts. I found a girl who's been championing Snyder Cut. She got attacked today because she's not a true Day of, uh, they're apparently day one Snyder Cutters. Are you kidding me? Yeah, Snyder Cutters. That's what I want to start calling them. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> oh my God. But like, oh yeah, God. they're like, we've been in on day one. We're not one of these pretenders. Like, bro. Oh my Like, Lord. I don't even know at this point. Relax. If anybody still is caring and caring enough to say anything about this, they're your ally. Yes, thank yeah. you. Because there's yeah. a whole bunch of people who don't give a yeah. rat's petunia about this whatsoever. Zack Snyder does. Boy, he's feeding that. Yeah, that's that what we're going to get to. He's bringing all that <laughs> traffic so, like, to his So, like, apparently profile. Zack Snyder is the one who's heard enough of this crap and is getting the most frustrated by all this. Because, I mean, he straight up went on social media and was like, I'm tired of this crap. I'm getting frustrated about <laughs> all this. Like, yeah, there's a Snyder cut. Stop saying there's not. Like, here it is. And he just showed off the actual... Film cases of the reels of film that are the Snyder Cut. Things like three hours. He even gave us a time. Mm-hmm. Some he said people it was like the cut was like five and a. No, he, no. See, like okay. here's how it happened. He said it, the cut was three hours. Then a bunch of people took that and ran with it. Collider. I'm gonna call out Collider because they <laughs> did a whole video and embarrassed themselves, saying like, "Oh, you know, when he said that, it's just like a, it's like a basically, I forget what they what they're called. It's like a." Okay. It's like the working cut of a movie. Oh, uh-huh. uh, you're like, yeah, it's probably a working cut. Like, and that's not really a movie, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then he came back and threw more shade <laughs> and said, no, that cut was five hours. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. And so, like, like shut it down. Oof, so, man. I mean, he's been throwing gasoline and burning up. I mean, the Snyder cut people are just taking his words and, like, Throwing well, in the faces, like, yeah, of they love it. every they have outlet that's been, like, pooping on the Snyder Cut, saying the people are stupid, saying it doesn't exist, like, all that. Yeah, he is He is sending them to the wolves, so uh, he's yeah. getting savage out there. Man, once that WTB statute of limitation goes up, like... I mean, it, Can we imagine just the dial... He's going to release, like, a full, like, de- unclassified NSA document about, like everything about this. I, I don't think he can because, I mean, <laughs> we knew a lot of inside information about this when mm-hmm. he, we took a lot of heat, but we knew a lot of information about this mm-hmm. when he got pulled off at of Justice League and it's a very murky situation. Right, because yeah. I don't know like, if he owns... It's not like, just he that. he can't release it. Like no. The, yeah. no. There's all that legality. There's so much. Like, yeah, that. There's also the way, the reasons for which he was pulled off the project are, are still very murky and questionable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, th- there and people are quick to rush in and say, "Oh, it wasn't that. It was about his daughter, uh, the one who yeah. who took her own life." And there's there is kind of this weird murkiness whether that was part of the truth, some of the truth, you know, used as kind of a part of a cover story. Mm-hmm. Like Hollywood's a weird place, man. And like yeah. the deeper you learn about it, the more you realize, like so much gray nothing's like there are no good guys and bad guys there's just hollywood guys Mm -hmm. so yeah like things like a girl's tragic death could be 
a PR thing yeah. to get out of a, making a movie look bad. Like that's stuff that happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the line of where that truth is, is very, very unclear. Right. There's been a lot of insiders, but we don't know. And there's a lot of highly volatile stuff about this. Yeah. And so like, yeah, him just coming out and being this hero and releasing the Snyder cut is, it's kind of a pipe dream in that yeah. sense. But he is allowed to apparently talk about this now. Yeah. And so he has come out and confirmed that it is a thing that exists. Yeah. Um, how complete it is, again, is murky. Mm-hmm. We we obviously know it's not fully complete. It's mm-hmm. like, I don't, like, we don't, I mean, he's himself released things with still kind of previs effects and yeah. all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, but now, I mean, this is not going to die anytime oh, soon. No, this oh, is no. this will easily yeah. last through twenty twenty. Yeah, twenty twenty. You just gave the Snyder Cut movement a re up for twenty twenty. I mean, it's, it's it's there. Like they can, they yeah. now can see. It I mean, there's point. going to there's be gonna plots be now that's going to be yeah. like yeah. like national treasure. Yeah, but or, instead uh, of the what's declaration, that, the bling ring. It's going to be like the bling yeah, ring. It's going to be that. Except it's going to be this this cut. get all the canisters. Get all the canisters. Dude, that would be a freaking great we should write that comicbook.com's first movie script it should just limited be like showings the snyder cut it's just a heist film about a bunch of like bumbling nerds who are just trying to break into Zack snyder's house and get the snyder cut the only way i will it's like accept really this exists is if brandon 11. davis plays Zack snyder no brandon davis brandon davis has to be like a leader of the crew like he's got to be like one of the heisters Zack snyder has to play Zack snyder oh yes. all right and he, has to play, meta. and he has to play meta. like and he has to be like everybody's most outrageous like criticisms of Zack Snyder. Oh no. I want like, to see this. So he's just bad. gotta have like right. a girl in a skimpy anime thing, like shooting a scene and a thing, and be like my just cursing all the time, like, what can you do to my house? Like <laughs> blah, 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 blah. I want to see this so bad. Like right, well, smoking like a cigarette the whole time. Right? Yeah. I know what I'm doing tonight. Wearing a red Rambo headband, like smoking a cigarette and a wife beater. With, oh, like, man. heavy rock pumping through the speakers. Like, yeah, he's got to be hilarious. Like, that would be a great movie. Like, uh, just a, like a nerd heist film about the Snyder Cut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, we, we could all use a change in uh, profession and let them put more Hollywood money. But, uh, uh, apparently all right. <laughs> all right, that's neither here nor there. I got lost. I'm in a podcast. I'm not in my own the fantasy fr- world of uh, <laughs> writing a movie. In, the further we get into, like, finding details and, and seeing this, the more yeah. it seems likely that the cut won't be released it'll be more that documentary style yeah i think yeah yeah i think and i think it should i think it should just be if wb was smart and wanted to make peace with all this and make money off all of it they would take my idea and make this documentary get zach in there like controlled of course yeah here's what you can say here's what you can't yeah and that's what takes all the chaos out of it exactly and it takes all the legal problems out of it because you are saying we can do this one we can't we can't do that but we can reveal all this other stuff yeah it really is a win-win yeah and just say like you know and and under the general premise of hey you try to make movies it doesn't always go how you think that's movies um and here's like what we were gonna do and here you know and give him a chance to say and make sure that you bring him out very controlled and just say yeah, it would have been great. I would have loved to see this, but you know, things don't always work yeah, out. But that's yeah. cool. And like, calm these people down and move on. Yeah, show yeah. some scenes, give people a taste, move on. So mm-hmm. we can all just move on. WB, please listen. Let's just put this to rest yeah, in 2020. That works. Please. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk about some new X Men books, and we're going to do that. All right. So. We're back. 
And this week we have I, we have another thing, but I want to make sure we have time to do this because we're not going to run too far over today. But uh, we're on our Dawn of X track, and we got three new books because these are coming fast and furious. Uh, we got Excalibur number three, Marauders number three, and X Men number three. Um, I read two out of the three again. I saw I read the ones you read. I read Marauders and X Men. Oh, good choice. Yeah, I didn't see that calorie. <laughs> is it bad? Is it it's, it's fine. It's, it's fine. just more Matt Captain Low Britain key mystical stuff over here. Uh, it's it's more of a like. There's actually more battle sequences, and the coolest part is that you get to see Shogo the dragon like oh yeah break up some fools which is awesome like that's the most enjoyable part of the issue is when they're essentially facing a bunch of people and you have this massive dragon but jubilee keeps referring to it as sure, sure little son. boy right so like don't hurt my kid but it's this giant dragon burning that people. is exactly awesome. what i do though it, i understand uh, yes her. right I'm yes like, your children yeah, yes yeah sons. i mean if megan was a pokemon trainer that would be megan uh <laughs> gambit's still kind of a jerk <laughs> gambit's still kind of a jerk and, and like the britain stuff doesn't really move forward that much. Uh, so, I mean, it's look, that's probably been my least uh, entertaining, I guess, or least liked. Yeah, I think Fallen Angels is crawling over this as as the second to last for me. And I think Excalibur is at the bottom. right. It's now. just it's just kind of boring. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the biggest. And it's thing. also the most like kind of old worldy X-Men. Yeah. It just feels like a 90s X-Men story. Yeah. And the, again, like every time the apocalypse scenes shine because he's just like the best part of the book. Uh, but there's not a ton of them. So uh, so that's pretty much it. All right. Well, I'm going to still read it and just just to keep yeah. up. But um, X-Men. So X-Men is kind of the one I want to talk about. X-Men's kind of I was talking to Jim. It's just kind of a weird book right now. Like it feels kind of very meandering, like and and kind of aimless. And I know Jonathan Hickman's whole joy with this was him being able to tell whatever X-Men story he wanted issue per issue. Uh, but that concept doesn't feel, especially after House of X, doesn't yeah. feel like a great payoff of that whole House of X thing. You think X-Men would be the driving force for some of the lingering, dangling, dangling threads from House of X, but it's not. And it's just become like this episodic kind of weird offbeat X-Men story. And that continued this week mm -hmm. um, very much so. Uh, oh man, I'm trying to think about like what actually happened. I mean, like what? And I, because I agree with you. I this series has been a very big surprise, not in the best way. Oh uh, my god, I remember what happened. Um, oh yeah, but it's like this book, and this has been this way in the last two issues. X Men is full of cool moments. Like there's a awesome back and forth between Emma Frost and Jean. Yeah, that is great. That is fantastic. Uh, there's a when you first meet like this new group of villains, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, and not even villains, but this new this new group of adversaries. Uh, you there's a great Cyclops moment. There's some great Sebastian Shaw moments. Like there's good stuff here as a story, and even like the premise going forward of like why they're doing this. And we can talk spoilers, I guess. Like the fact that they are hacking into the gates, the fact that they why they want the medicine stuff like that. That's really interesting. It's just as a whole. I agree. It feels kind of aimless. You're like, I'm getting from point A to point B. This is weird. This feels like filler. And yeah. then you you put like a, a really cool cherry on the top, but everything else just feels kind of bland. Yeah. And um, it still just feels like Hickman kind of playing around with, like you said, X-Men character interactions, putting together characters who don't normally interact or at least don't interact in this way. Yeah. Like, yeah, we've seen Cyclops versus white queen and sebastian shaw we've seen cyclops with white queen you know like in doing that we we've never really seen sebastian shaw white queen and cyclops like team up yeah or or have cat like 
cordial or like civilized conversations yeah. or, or deal with all of that. Like, and so we get those moments. But yeah, it, it just feels like when it comes, it feels like Hickman has no interest in villain in the classic kind of heroes villains thing because all the villains have so far been kind of like looked at as almost like jokes yeah very um, likable very yeah charming like we've had those weird met dudes he brought back who turned themselves into monkeys yeah the the people the person they they encountered on akabo um now these hoarder culture uh who is this group of octogenarian old women who scientists <laughs> great idea. who have you know invaded krakoa and and look like that old group. It looks like they stole the group of old women from Mad Max yeah. Fury Road and like brought that into an X-Men book. I mean, like the armor, same kind of thing. They reveal under the armor, oh, it's just, it's a group of old women. And you're like, uh. And I don't think Hickman is like, I don't think he's very good at writing like old women. They were, they were very kind of like a Golden Girl stereotype. Like they were. Sniping at each other. They were. Like, I, I, I laughed. Like it, it did get me, but I can see, yes. I no, it got that. me in, its, in and of itself. Yeah. The conversation's funny. But like, again, when you pull back and you're like, this is an X-Men book? Yeah. Like what is happening that. right now? Like, yeah, it's kind of weird. But th- it makes sense. And it does set up some intrigue about somebody who has already figured out the Krakoa is not as safe as we thought, which are these kind of loose threads that are building up and have been since House of X. Mm-hmm. Cause there are suggestions in some timelines that something like Krakoa does fall or fail. Yeah. And there's calamity as a result. So we keep getting shades of that in different forms. The beasts that are running around mm-hmm. the assassination that's already taken place. Now somebody's figured out how to hijack the gates and like do all that. And, and shut them down if they want and has that tech has that technical power or biologic biotechnical yeah. power rather. So that's all kind of well and good, but like it feels like like again, like Grant Morrison does weird stuff with superheroes. Yes. This feels like Jonathan Hickman trying to do Grant Morrison in some kind of ways. Um no, it's an interesting comparison. And Hickman is usually in my readings of his other work is is usually more cerebral scientific. It's more House of Xy. Yeah, stuff. It's so. it's very dense. Yeah, and there's a lot of layered ideas, but it's not as fantastical as Morrison's yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. And here, and yeah, quirky. And Morrison does quirky. Yeah, like, the scenes when he did New X Men with just like that class that Zorn was running with, like the <laughs> yeah. Bird Kid and the Angel and No Girl <laughs> and like all yeah. that stuff. The Gas Fart Guy, like <laughs> that's Grant Morrison, and yeah. that's like a lot of what I see reflected in an issue like this. Um, it's a lot. It's very New X Men-y, yeah. um, except with those character interactions we talked about. So I get it. I hope like this all leads somewhere, and that like you know maybe we rein it in a little bit, and just yeah. somebody at Marvel says, okay, like we let you have free reign. Jordan, whatever his name is, says, like, you know, we let you have free reign, <laughs> yeah. but let's bring this back in a little bit. Like, yeah, let's still make this one. And use one of the other books for that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, this is your flagship yeah, exactly. book. And, yeah, it doesn't feel that way. When it, when I think of flagship for Dawn of X, I think X-Force and I think Marauders. I mean, I think there should There's be another book books. that's just all about, like, Krakoa and life on Krakoa and, like, yeah. just the happenings. Like, almost it's like a sick really book. interesting stuff. Yeah, but it just seems like a weird it. yeah so that was x-men so we're gonna see where that goes um our top one marauders is back and it's weird because i'm criticizing x-men for this but like marauders is the same thing marauders doesn't feel like yet like it has a solid serialized purpose mm-hmm. each issue as i said i was just writing an article uh because they bring back somebody in this issue yeah um and i was writing about how each issue of marauders has been arguably kind of more focused on sketching out a different side of what 
It's called Marauders, but it's really about Marauders and the Hellfire Trading Company. Yeah. And so there are three factions within that, and each issue has so far focused on a different faction. The first one was all about Kitty Pride and her pirate boat. The second one was more about Emma Frost and her kind of leading the Hellfire Trading Company. And this one has been about Sebastian Shaw and his own plans within that company um, to kind of wrestle control away from Emma Frost yeah. and, and now Kitty Pride. And we find out in backstory that he had had a plan for the Hellfire Trading <laughs> Company, which was alluded to in issue two yeah. for his own pick for Red King. We didn't know who that was. This issue, we find out what that backstory is, which is that he, in Sebastian Shaw, Shaw fashion, uses his power and influence in nepotism to jump his son, Shinobi Shaw, to the head of the Resurrection Protocol line um, and brings back Shinobi Shaw who has had a kind of varied history. I mean, he was a very much a 90s yeah. X-Men guy. I was looking at some of the art of him from the 90s. <laughs> and there's just there's a conversation to be made about just how gay some of the X-Men 90s stuff was, like, under the surface. There's just, like, him and Five and Cortez. A lot of the art is just, like, a lot of dudes with, like, very flamboyant hairstyles, like, hanging oh, out. Oh, uh, extreme and Yeah, uh, it, yeah you go Exodus back and look at it and, now. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's it's. They different. all had uh, some very, yeah. <laughs> this was the shoulder. I mean, this was also the angled shoulder pad era. Yeah. Everybody had angled shoulder, pa shoulder pads and pouches. Yeah. So, <laughs> so. it's very Not funny when you go back and look at it all again. <laughs> but, uh, like, yeah, so Shinobi Shaw. Um, he was killed by Sebastian Shaw, but he came back during Necrotia, and he was one of the people left alive. Then he made a new upstart, and when the White Queen made her new Hellfire Club and did that whole kind of thing, like, he didn't want to get controlled by her, so he put his own hand through his head. Yeah. And that's where he died. And, and there's a horrific scene of him Ooh, in a coffin yeah. with his hand still phased through his head as a skeleton, and it's pretty gruesome. But yeah, he comes back, and there's key things like Shinobi Shaw doesn't, or Sebastian Shaw doesn't let him know how he died. Hmm. Yeah. And he and, blames the and other. And at the end, yeah. he blames. Well, first he tries to make it the red, the red King. That fails when Kitty Pride becomes the Red Queen. So we cut to the present day, and like now Shinobi Shaw instead becomes the Black Bishop under Sebastian Shaw, and he's given his own crazy, like cloaked military military frigate boat with guns armor all this stuff i couldn't help but think thunder in paradise like, yeah i saw that ship i was like yeah. what oh my god yeah and so he has his own kind of war vessel now yeah. and yeah so there's a pirate ship led by kitty pride but there's also <laughs> a shady pirate ship run by shinobi shaw which is going to be interesting so mm. yeah marauders is building up different sides of this whole hellfire trading company and it's very interesting and like it's like again it's a difference. Like it's just a like a limited set of main characters. Just three, really. Yeah. Kitty Pride, White Queen, Black, and Sebastian Shaw are the main ones. Um, but the intrigue of them and, and trying to we're supposed to be unified under yeah. Kakoa, and there's a great talk between Shinobi and Sebastian Shaw who hate each other about like coming together. And I saw Xavier shake hands with Apocalypse. Like yeah, that's like a great we moment. can make peace. And, like and and there's so many cool little things like what what I feel like. Uh, you know, Jerry Duggan is doing that like X-Men is not is, you know, and Hickman has, you know, a hand in all of these. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm giving him credit as well. So I'm not just saying that. But one of the cool things is like when you look at last issue, this issue uh, plays out differently when you read that, because Sebastian Shaw, he talks to Shinobi as if like, oh, so, uh, you know, there were already some plans in motion. We, we came to an agreement and but don't throw away the red suits yet. Like we still have plans for you. And you know how that conversation actually went down, right? He's completely manipulative and lying because 
Emma just did it. Like it wasn't, she didn't ask him. He didn't even know it was happening. Well, that's what the issue too was, was like her yeah. snapping the whip and being like reining him in. But the way he delivers it to Shinobi yeah. is like, yeah, yeah, we, we came. It's very much like if anyone's ever watched SNL and seen like the Eric. Oh, <laughs> yeah. it's that right it's that posing thing but then like it totally didn't go down that way mm-hmm. um there's a lot of little moments uh like that in this book and so far like they they show the three different headquarters uh for the hellfire club and and the whole thing of like you know i haven't figured out if i want to kill you yet like <laughs> that's a great thing his son keeps telling him that yeah. throughout the whole issue i still haven't figured that out i, I kind of want to kill you i don't like you at yeah all. there's some uh ninja intrigue brought back into yeah. this because shinobi shaw owes some kind of debt to a Yakuza boss that he has to go see. Um, so there's a lot of intrigue set up. And Marauders still seems to be my favorite. Like, yeah, there's going to be some globetrotting intrigue with like a little bit of kind of, you know, corporate intrigue. Yeah. And like, and it plants piracy, just enough like, yeah. of that lighthearted, like Pyro shows up a couple times. Each one is money. Pyro is great whenever he shows up. Like, <laughs> Kate yeah. uh, does the whole little uh, thing with Bishop. And, like, the whole Bishy thing, like, you know, because he's, like, Kitty, and she's, like, oh, I don't know, Bishy. And he's, like, oh, yeah, you don't go by that anymore. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's not. But she wants him to be oh, her red bishop. Yeah, yeah, the text thread. And those are good uses of the charts. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's just a fun thread. conversation. But it, in one page gives you all you need to know about what's going on in that corner, which we'll probably see next, next issue, issue, right? Yeah. So it's always just teasing a, enough. And this book. If you think about it, aside from the first issue, really hasn't moved forward like the overall plot, but it hasn't suffered in entertainment value. So, no. you know, uh, as opposed to X-Men, which yeah. has spanned three different places, introduced all these new people, and we feel like we don't have enough meat. Exactly. You know, so mm-hmm. it's, it's crazy what you can do. So, yeah, check out Marvel's Marauders. And uh, we got to get out of here. But finally, make sure you read Venom issue 20. Oh, yeah, that's right. Especially you, Brandon Davis. <laughs> Because uh, Venom issue 20 introduces something new, power of a symbiote, that could explain how Tom Hardy's Venom could show up in the MCU. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. You have to add it to your collection. <laughs> All right. But that... Uh, Wait, can I make a quick plug? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Absolutely. Go ahead. This is not a comic, but it does relate to Marvel. So I'll just say this. If you are caught up with my hero academia, under no circumstances should you miss <gasps> next week's chapter. Because if you're a fan of Captain Marvel, you will be... Not Captain Marvel, Captain America. Sorry, I love them both equally. If you are a fan of Captain America, you will find a lot of enjoyment out of this <laughs> this issue that's coming out on We're Sunday. We're getting a My Hero Academia, Captain America? I don't know. Okay, mm-hmm. you heard me. Don't miss it. Plugging that anime. Yeah, if you're not up on uh, My Hero Academia, anime, manga, you need to catch up on both. Or so, Demon Slayer. Uh, you can ask Kofi. Yeah, oh, don't start with me. Tanjiro. <laughs> Tanjiro's my boy. Yep. Yeah, I haven't seen an anime there where I was I I stood up and screamed, cut his effing head off several times throughout <laughs> that anime in a good rousing way and might yeah. shed a tear or two. Like, yeah, Tangerine wow. is my boy. It's good. Um Demon Slayer is the stuff. Like, yeah, you you should really check that out. I like it more than my hero. Don't tell anybody I said that, guys. I, All right, if so you didn't leave this room. Episode of uh, <laughs> Comic Book Nation. Thank you for tuning in. If you are just now getting acquainted for the show, we put up new episodes every Wednesday, every Friday on comicbook.com where you can subscribe to our RSS feed and get our regular updates of the show. You can also find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, Google Podcasts, Google Playlist, iHeartRadio, and you can tell any Amazon Alexa device to fire up Comic Book Nation podcast and it will start playing for you. Or you can find us on YouTube under the comicbook.com page. 
Make sure you listen to both the Wednesday episodes where host Janelle Wheeler helps us sort through the mess of the week and also our Friday episodes where we kind of uh, go a little deeper and set you guys up for some good weekend listening. Check out both. If you want to continue the discussion with us, hit us up at the hashtag comic book nation or you can find me at Kofi Outlaw. You can find me at Matt Aguilar CB. And you can find me at Megan Peters CB. That'll do it. Thank you for tuning in. If you guys love the show, go on iTunes. Leave us a five-star review. We just read a bunch and are going to send out a bunch of T-shirts, and we'd love to get you in the mix. So leave those five-star reviews on iTunes. That'll do it. Thank you very much, Comic Book Nation. We are out. You guys have a good one. Thanks.